The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Sukkah has been dedicated by Celia and Isaac Jamal. Hashem Alehem Yehu Amen for the Hatzlecha of their dear children. May they see much nachat from all of them. May they all grow up and get married in the right time and have children healthily, happily with berachah vatzlacha. And may they see uh, descendants and descendants of their descendants. Ad bi'ad go'el sedek. Amen. The Masechet has also been dedicated Le'ilu Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel Ruach Hashem Tanihena Began Eden Amen Again by Celia and Isaac Jamal To school the Mitzvot Today's daf has been generously sponsored By Mr. Harry Ajmi In honor of uh, The premier caterer Our dear friend Mr. Uri Nidam we want to congratulate Uri on the birth of a baby girl. May he see much nahat from all his children. Elohim Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Amen. We begin today's daf on Dalid Amud Bet. And we are two, three, four, five, six lines from the bottom. We learned in our Mishnah that the minimum size of a wall of a sukkah in order to be kosher is ten tefahim. So the Gemara wants to know how do you know that a wall is considered a wall at ten tefahim? That's the minimum size of a partition. So the Gebarah says, Minalan, how do you know that? We're looking for a source. Itmar, Rav Virabi Hanina, Virabi Yohanan, Virab Habiba, all these rabbis, Matnu Bechula Seder Mu'ed. When we see this pair of rabbis throughout Seder Mu'ed that they're teaching, Kol Kiai Zuga, Anytime you see these pairs, Halufe Rabbi Yohanan, switch Rabbi Yohanan's name, Ume'aile Rabbi Yonatan. So they're just giving a text over here, which means whenever you see these rabbis and these pairs, according to some, you're supposed to switch Rabbi Yohanan's name and put it instead Rabbi Yonatan's name. As she says on the bottom, Bechulu Seder Mo'ed, Kolecha Damrin Haizuga. Whenever you say all these names together, there is an opinion. Okay, what did they say? They said like this: Aaron Tisha, the Chapore Tefah, Harekan Asara, Uchtiv, the Noati Lechasham, the Debarti. So the Gemara says regarding the Aron, the Ark that was in the uh, Kodesh Kodashim. So the Torah tells us the measurements of the Aron. It says the measurements of the Aron itself in high was Amma Vahetsi Komato. One and a half Amma height. Now, how much is an Amma in Tefahim? 
So there's six tefahim in an amma. So amma v'achetzi would be six and three, so nine. That's the actual box itself. Then you had the covering on the box, which they call that the kaporet. Okay? The kaporet had the thickness of a tefah as well. Just to get a, a picture of it in our picture books, in number 29, you see the box of the aron. So from the bottom of the box to the top is 9, plus the lid on the top has the thickness of a tefah. And what does it say regarding the aron? That the Shekhinah communicated and rested above the Aron. Okay? Now, Vetanya, we learned in a Braita, Rabbi Yose Omer, Me'olam lo yarda Shekhinah lemata. Which means, the Shekhinah never went below ten tefahim. What does that mean? Nashi. Me'olam lo yarda Shekhinah lemata. But the Pasuk says he went on the Kaporet. So from here you see that after 10 Tefahim, it's considered a separate Reshut. It's considered a separate domain. Because God never comes down to the earth, so to speak. He has to remain in his domain. But God came down, he came down above the Kaporet. Well, you have to say since the kaport is ten, so that's considered its own domain. So therefore, legabe a wall also. What's pshat on a wall? A wall also separates not only from what's above it to make it a separate domain, but also uh, laterally, which means on the sides as well. It also makes a separate domain. And what's the shiur we're learning to make a separate domain? Ten. So that's the shu really. So if somebody would ask, what's the source for uh, the wall of ten? It's really from the Mishkan. Mishkan, based on the size of the Aron and the Kaporet and the Shekhinah that rests on top. Now, part of this Braita is, Me'olam, Loyada Shekhinah Lemata, which we said the Shekhinah never comes below. Ve'lo'alu Moshe ve'eliyahu lamarom. And for that matter, Moshe Rabbeinu and Eliyahu and Nabi, when they went to have their communication with God, they never went up. Which means they also have to stay within their domain. Shina Emar, Hashamayim Shamayim Lahashem, Ve'aris Natan Adam. Which means the Shamayim is God, that's the Shamayim Lahashem, that's his domain. Ve'aris Natan Adam, and the land is the land for man. And therefore everybody stays in their, uh, in their section. So comes the Gemara and says, what do you mean? Velo yarda shekhinah lemata? What do you mean? The shekhinah never came down? You only tell me it uh, stays within, uh, you know, above ten tefahim? Ve'akiti v'yered Hashem al Sinai. This God came down on the mountain. He sounds like Mama, she was resting on the mountain itself. So the Gemara answers, lemala ma'asara tefahim. Again, he was above ten tefahim, which is from the mountain, I'm above that, that's as low as the Shekhinah came. Again, in its separate domain. So the Gemara says, The Pasuk says, The Gemara seemingly is asking a stronger question here. Because it says when Mashiach comes, it says the Shekhinah is going to stand. The legs of the Shekhinah are going to stand. 
So here it's like a strong question because it's Mamash Avamidu. It's going to stand on Arazetim on Mount Olives. Smashba sits on the ground. It means the way the Shekhinah stands on Arazetim, meaning in its own domain, but over Arazetim above 10 Tefahim. So the Gemara now asks on the second part of the Brayta. You tell me now that what Moshe Rabbeinu and Eliyahu and Avida never went up to the, the heavens, meaning to God's domain. Clearly, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to get the Torah, it says he went up to, to God. Torah to Gemara says, Lemata Naasara. He went up less than ten. Now, what does this mean, less than ten? He did go up to the Shamayim. So the Mefarshim explained like this. When we say that God doesn't come down below ten, and Moshe Rabbeinu does not go above ten, it means like this. There is a certain space, we'll call it uh, no man's land, which means God does not come down below ten, let's assume from the lowest heaven. Right, you have seven heavens. Go to the lowest of the seven heavens, so God does not come down lower than ten. Lower than ten already, after that, that's already where Shekhinah stops. Then you have like a buffer zone in between. And Moshe Rabbeinu from the earth, right, he's, he doesn't go more than ten into that's the, the artist. But in between can go either way. Sometimes the Shekhinah can come into that zone, and sometimes human beings can come into that zone. So therefore when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the Shamayim, he was in that middle zone, he was not in the Shamayim, so therefore he was below ten to five. He never went to the Maron, and therefore it's considered lemata ma'asrat five, even though he was all the way in the Shamayim, meaning it's, it wasn't on the earth. He didn't go up. That's uh, you know light years away, so to speak. But the point is, it's still considered lemata because it's not where the you know the the lowest rakia, uh, whatever you call it, lowest level of Shamayim is. So he was beneath that madrega. So he did go up, but it's still considered lemata ma'asara. That Gemara says, What do you mean? It says, went up in a whirlwind to the Shamayim. Still, he was below Asara, below 10. What do you mean? But we have a Pasuk that says, which means, the one that holds the chair, and God spreads his cloud over him. What was this referring to? This was referring to when Moshe Rabbeinu, like we learned in Masechet Shabbat, went up to the Shamar to get the Torah. And the Malachim had claims against him. What is a mortal human being doing amongst us over here? So Borei Olam said to get the Torah. And the Malachim, you know, they debated and challenged that he doesn't deserve to get the Torah. So God told Moshe Rabbeinu, answer them. Answer them while you're worthy. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, what do you mean answer them? They're, 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 they're fired. They're going to they're gonna burn me with the fire that comes out of their mouth. So God said, hold on to my kisya kavod. You know, you protect yourself and uh, give them an answer. So you see, Moshe is holding on to the Kisei Kavod. Obviously, the Kisei Kavod is in God's section. So for the fact that Moshe is Me'ahez Penei so you see, he did go up into the into the domain of the Shekhinah. Ve'amar of the Tan'u Melamed, she'pireh shaddai mizib Shekhinah to, 
we see here that Borei Olam uh, was Pinesh, uh, he spread the, his uh, divine countenance on Moshe Rabbeinu. So, the, and they learn that from the word Parshiz. Parshiz is like a nutrikun, Piresh Shaddai Mziv. And you know, the Shekhinah, the God, uh, spread his uh, Shekhinah. In any event, the Gebra says, Lemata Me'asara. Again, when he spread the Shekhinah in Moshe Rabbeinu, not that it was in his section, it was below that, the Shekhinah, he spread him uh, from, uh, from below. So comes the Gemara and says, "Mikol makom ha'chayz b'nekisekitiv." I have a Bible. He's holding the chair. So he's holding the chair. The, the chair we know is in God's uh, section. So the Gemara says, "Ishterbu ve'ishterbab lekisek ad asara v'nakatpe." Says the chair stretched. The chair extended. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was holding it from the bottom, let's say, so when he was grabbing onto it, it was lemata ma'asara. So therefore, he didn't he didn't stick his head into the domain of the shechinah. And again, Moshe never went up to that section. Hashemayim, Hashemayim, Hashem. No human being can go up to that section. Ah, he held onto the kiseh. The God extended it to the border, right? It extended, it uh, stretched, and Moshe Rabbeinu held onto it, like we said uh, from the bottom. Comes Gemaran says. Mishlama Aaron Now we go back to the understanding. How do you know that Aaron was nine? Dichtiv v'asu Aaron ase shittim amataim v'achetzi orko v'amma v'achetzi rochbo v'amma v'achetzi komato. Right, so it's two and a half by one and a half by one and a half. The koma, the height of it was one and a half. One and a half is six tefachim per amma. That's nine. Ela kapore tefach minalam. How do you know the lid, the cover of the Aron, which is called the Kaporet, we don't have any Pesukim that tell us the height of the Kaporet. So how do you know, where did you get the Shi'ud, that it was a Tefah? So the Gemara says, Detani Rabbi Hanina, Kol HaKerim Sha'asa Moshe, Natna Bahim Torah Midat Orkan, Umidat Ruhban, Umidat Komatan. Every vessel that Moshe Rabbeinu made for the Mishkan, the Torah clearly gives us the measurements. It gives us the length, it gives us the width, and it gives us the height. Kaporet, Midat Orka, Umidat Natna. The Torah gave us the length and width of the Kaporet. Midat Komata, Lo Natna. But it didn't give us Midat Komata. So the Torah doesn't mention it. So how does the Gemara come off and say that it's a Tefah? So the Gebra says, Tse ulmad mepachot shebakelim. Okay, listen. Go find the smallest of the vessels and find out what its height was. And you'll say that, okay, at least it has to be not worse than the smallest of vessels. And uh, that will be the shi'ur. What's the smallest of vessels? Shina imar. Ve'asita lo miskeret. Tofah Saviv. Now, the Miskeret is referring to the rim uh, that was around the table. Actually, if you want to see a picture of that, if you look at, um, there's a couple of pictures over here. We'll look at the one, let's say, in 30. You see, you had a Miskeret. It's like a... Uh, 
the mesketet is the the frame we'll call it. That's good. Yeah, the frame actually that rests on the four legs of the table. And according to this understanding of the Gemara, they would place the flat board of the table above it. Okay? So this was part of the actual shulchan itself, an integral part of the shulchan, which actually held the shulchan. The mezgeret is the frame that rests on the legs. Okay? Not the design part. No, not the design. That's called the zir. That's the crowd. We're not talking about the crowd. We're talking about the actual rectangular frame that goes you know, across the whole uh, structure. And then you have the uh, table on top. If you look in your pirush high, you see a, maybe a better picture. In picture number 65, you see the mezgeret. Okay, again, it's, you see the same frame with the, with the uh, table on top. Of it. Now, we know that the Mizgeret is considered a keli, at least it's part of the keli, it's part of the Shulchan. And what's the shoot of the Mizgeret? So the Gebara says, the Asita lo Mizgeret, Tofah. We know the height of the Mizgeret is what? Tofah, Atefah. So that's the smallest of the Kelim in height. So therefore, we'll say, Malalan Tefah. Afghan Tefah. So we make, uh, you know, Gezerat uh, Shavah, so to speak. We say, Mamatinu. That she says, Misgeret. Safa Ke'en le Bazbazin Saviva Shulhan. So it's Safa's border that goes around the table. And since its height is a teva, Turak says it, Miskarto Tofah. So therefore, we learn that the Kaporet also is a teva. So the Gemara says, which means you're coming to learn from something that's an accessory to the kelim. The keli is the shulhan. Right? This is an accessory to the kelim. So who told you to learn from the accessory? Learn from the kelim themselves. We have now kelim that are uh, one and a half, two and a half, which means while you're learning from the smallest of the kelim, learn from uh, a bigger shi'ud. Gebara says, Tafasta Merubah, Lo Tafasta, Tafasta Mu'at, Tafasta. That's the principle that we learned uh, already in Masikat Yomad, the rule of Tafasta, which literally means <coughs> when you grab a lot, you don't grab. When you grab a little, you grab. You have a Tafisa. So that she explains, what does this principle mean? Outside, before we read inside, basically what it means is when you have two ways of learning. You can either learn the smaller measurement, or you can learn the bigger measurement. You don't know which is the right measurement. Well, to play it safe, for sure if you pick the smaller measurement, what you took, you took. Nobody can call you a liar. Because even if you were wrong and it was the bigger measurement, so in the bigger measurement, there's the smaller measurement. So what you took, nobody can take away from you. But if you're wrong... And you take the bigger measurement, tafasta mirubah. They could come along and say, uh, "You're lying. You took too much. You know, give it back. You know, you t- 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 that's, that's not the shiur." So therefore, when you have a choice to learn a tefah or a, a, an amanef, I know if I take a tefah, I'm safe. No, no we, tafasta morat, tafasta. Jesus. It's, it's definitely uh, uh, the shi'ur. Nobody could say that it's a, it's a lie. You take more, you're running a risk. That's a klal. How are you supposed to negotiate when you have two shi'urim? Look at Rashi. Tafasta mirubah. Kol davar shemashma'o mirubah umu'at. Yeah, you have a larger measurement or the 
lesser measurement. In tafasta tamuat, if you grab the lesser measurement, yafet tafasta. You took good. Why? The batsir mehache lo mashma. Why? Because less than that. It's not mashma, which is the minimum you took. That's already no, nobody's even entertaining. It's less than the the minimum. And if you were wrong, well, you should have taken the larger. At the end, worst comes to worst, they'll give you more, but they won't take anything that you have already in your hand. But if you took the larger measurement, lo tafasta. Because you look like you're lying. Because maybe you're supposed to take the minimum. Right? You took more. Now what did they do? They have to take away from what's in your hand. Ve'ainu lo tafasta. Aval mu'at im tov. It's a metaphor. And therefore, you understand exactly how it applies over here. Listen, I can learn it there if I can learn the biggest shoot. Uh, if I take the biggest shoot, they might tell me, who told you to take the biggest shoot? You, you took too much, give it back. So now you're a shakrat, as she says. You took too much. But if I take the tefah, worst comes to worst, they can tell me, you know what? You didn't take enough. Oh, good. But what I'm holding, I'm holding. It's definitely at least a tefah. So that's the way you negotiate in such uh, cases. You're using the principle of tafasta. That the Gemara says. <coughs> First wide line. Vinilaf misits. Oh, you want to go muat? You're looking for minimum shiurim? So you jump to the miskeret, which was a tefah. <laughs> I'll show you another vessel in the Bet HaMikdash, in the Mishkan, which is even less than a tefah. So go, 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 if, one, if you're interested in Mu'at, go to the seats. What was the seats? That was the headband, right? The gold headband that the Kohen would wear, Kohen Gadol would wear from ear to ear, like the Gebaraz of the Tanya. Seats, Dome Kemintas, Shil Zahav. It's like a, uh, a flat piece of gold or a plate of gold. Terahav Bet Etzbaot. It only has the uh, thickness of. Two etzbaot, uh, which is less than a tefah. Umukaf meozen leozen. It goes around from, from ear to ear. It's tied around from ear to ear. Vechatuv alav bet shitin. And it's written on the seats, two lines. Yudke milma'ala vekodesh lamid milemata. Right, the two lines have on one of the lines it says Yudke meaning Yudke Vavke, the name of God, and the other line it says Kodesh Lamid, which if read would mean Kodesh Lahashem, the Kodesh Lamid, and then the Yudke Vavke. There's a four-way mahloket amongst the Rishonim exactly how this was uh, was written. Uh, if you want to see the different shikot. We can just look quickly. The first shita you have actually is the Tosafot. Look at Tosafot. Kodesh Lamid Milemata. We can read it inside the Tosafot. Yesh Mefarshim Lemata Mamash Ze Lemala Mizeh. 
Someone learns directly one on top of the other, meaning in the middle of the seats, Kodesh Lamid, and right under it, I mean, Yavyutke Vavke on top, and right under it, Kodesh Lamid. That would be uh, in this uh, picture book. They give it to us on, uh, I'm looking at the Hahod Vehadar picture book, in pictures Sammich Zayin. Okay, you see right on top, it's hard to see it, but you see Yudke Vavke on top and Kodesh Lashem right under it. Tosfot doesn't like it. Tosfot doesn't like it. If you're reading Kodesh Lashem, you don't read Sashem on top and then Kodesh La on the bottom, that's not the way you read. He says, Ela, Yesh Lefaresh, Zesh Shelo Keneged Zeh. First of all, they're not directly on top of each other. Kodesh Lamed Betchilat Shitata Tachtona. Put Kodesh Lamed in the beginning of the second line. Veshem Besof Shita Al Yonah. And put Yudke Vavke at the end of the first line. So if you're reading from the bottom, you read Kodesh Lashem, reading up. Mm-hmm. Starting from the bottom, beginning of the line, Kodesh Lashem going up. That's actually, if you look at the uh, picture in this book, it's Samich Vav, that's Shitat Tosfot. You see the Kodesh Lamid on the bottom in the beginning of the second line, and uh, Hashem on the first line towards the end. Now there are a few other shitot. We have the shitat ra'avad. Shitat ra'avad is the opposite of the tosafot. That at the end of the first line you wrote kodesh lamid, and at the beginning of the second line you wrote Hashem. So Hashem is on the second line according to that. And then you have the famous opinion of Harambam. Harambam says that at the end of the first line you wrote la Hashem. The lamid is attached to Hashem. Lamid Yudke Vavke, and at the beginning of the second line you wrote Kodesh. So basically, it's a mahloket amongst the Rishonim four ways exactly how to understand the uh, Kodesh Lashem that was written on the seats itself. In any event, the Gemara says, Ve'amar Rabbi El Azar, Rabbi Yosef, Ani Re'iti Ve'Romi. Right, Rabbi El Azar, Rabbi says, I saw it in Rome. Abidi Aizir went to Rome and he uh, was able to cure the, uh, the princess who had a uh, shed that was uh, in her. And as a result of him doing this uh, exorcist, so to speak, so the Caesar rewarded Abidi Aizir that he can go into the treasuries and, uh, you know, uh, take what he wants. All those treasuries had all the. Uh, or the Kelim of the Beit HaMikdash that the Romans took after they destroyed the Beit HaMikdash. So he says, I was there, I was in Rome, and I saw the seats. Ve'katuv alav, Kodesh l'Hashem b'shita'achat. I saw, it said Kodesh l'Hashem on one line. Right? So that's a whole uh, discussion. How can the rabbis argue on uh, what he saw? So somebody, he saw it. So what do they say? It's two lines. He's telling you, I saw it. It's one line. So someone is saying that even the rabbis agree that bidi avad if they wrote it on one line, it's kashir. So they tell you to be the ayizid. You saw bidi avad seats. You know, you saw this. You didn't see this lekatayla one. Lekita one. They made that was the wrong one. Which means bidi avad is coach, but that's not lekatayla the way they're supposed to do it. Whoever makes the seats, I don't know if the kohen gadol makes it or the manufacturer makes it or somebody. Whoever made it, they didn't make it lekatayla, and that's the one that bidi ayizid saw. The Kohen Gadol, there's only one seat. The Kohen Gadol wears the seats. The Kohen Gadol does not wear the seats. In any event, 
The Gemara's question over here is, you're telling me already, Tafasta Mu'at. So go, go to the Mu'at, go to the, go to the seats. Gemara says, Danin Kli Mikli, Ve'en Danin Kli Mitakshit. We're learning, we're trying to find out the Kaporet. The Kaporet is a keli. So you learn Kaporet, learn it from Miskinit. These are two kelim. Or they're both, let's say, accessories to kelim. However, the seats is a garment. Meaning it's a malbush. And therefore you don't learn the shoot of a keli from a takshit, from a something that's worn. Well, that's not analogous. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a smaller shi'ud, but we want to keep it, keep it the same. Now, before we go further, Tosafot Ovi has an uh, issue on the top Tosafot. Yudke melemala. Right? Now, when the Gemara says Yudke melemala, it really means Yudke vavke. Okay? So Tosafot says, Afalpishi Yudke Shem Gamur. Now, we know Yudke is one of the names of God itself. Even without the vavke. Enze hoge Shem beotiotav im maskir shte otiot. Kevan de'eno maskiram l'shem shem shalem. Tosfot has a big hadushim. Kemarah says in a different place, you're not allowed to be hogeh shem Hashem. Hogeh shem Hashem means you're not allowed to utter the na- the letters of Hashem's name. Meaning you can't say yud ke. That's why we say yud ke. But we say ke. We don't say because you cannot even utter the the letters uh, simultaneously without a hefsek. So Tosfot's asking, what are you talking about? The just did it. It says it's written on the top, Yudke. Yudke is one of the names. So we just hogay. So the Tosfot is a cloud. Since your intent was not for the Shem Yudke, your intent is really for the Yudke Vavke. And you only mentioned half the Shem that you intended to say, even though Yudke stands alone, it's not considered Oge Hashem, Beotiyotav. So that's how the, just what answers that technical problem. Then he says, Ve'od, Ha'oge Hashem Beotiyotav, Piresh Bekuntras, Shedoresh Otiyot Shel Shem, Ben Arbaim Ushtayim. Koyte Rashi, the only problem of Oge Hashem, is when you're going with the Shem Membet, the 42 letter name. Any other name, according to Rashi, you have no problem. So that's another simple answer, which is even if you're having Kabbana for Yudke uh, alone, according to Rashi, it's not a problem. It's not a Shem Membet. But Tosfot says, we are careful regarding all the Shemot that you shouldn't uh, say. That's why when we say, for example, the Shem Yehud, we say, Beshem uh, Yudke. Bevavke, which means we uh, we we make a uh, 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 first of all we say ke, we don't say uh, he, and even if you're going to say uh, he, we separate it. We don't say it straight. We say words beot yudke veot vavke, which means we don't say it direct without a hefsek. In any event, that's why you don't learn from the seats because it's considered a takshit. So the Gemara says, okay, venilaf mizer. Learn from the Zer. What's the Zer? Above the Shulchan, there was a crown that went around the whole uh, table. You want to see a picture of that uh, crown? Actually, if you look at your uh, picture books number uh, 30 again, you know that Zer. This little crown that goes around, Zer Zahab, that goes around the edge and the rim of the Shulchan. Now, how big was that Zer? The Gemara says the Amar Mor Zer Mashehu. 
Wow. Ah. There was a mashu, meaning <laughs> nothing. Small, the smallest shi'ud. So the Gemara said, and it's not a malbush. Technically, it's a keli. Oh, so you learn keli from keli. So the Gemara says, Danin kli mekli, ve'en danin kli mehechsher kli. The zed is a hechsher kli. Which means it's a it's an accessory to the shulchan. It's not a keli itself. It's not 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 not, not uh, necessary for the keli itself. It's an ornament to the keli. So therefore, the Gemara says we'd rather learn from the misgeret, which is considered part of the keli, as opposed to zed, which is only an accessory to the keli. The Gemara says, hold it. What do you mean? The Mizgeret also would be considered an accessory. Why would it be considered an accessory? So we're assuming in the question when you say it's an accessory, we're assuming that the Mizgeret looked like picture number 31. Which means like this. You had the four legs of the table. On the four legs of the table itself, you place the board, which is the board of the Shulchan. Then... Around it, you had this rim or frame called the mezgeret. If you look at it from that way, it's so it's not part of the shulchan itself. It's just really an accessory to the keli. So the Gemara is saying, if you're learning, you're saying, you can't learn from the zed, because it's an accessory to the keli. So the mezgeret also, it's an accessory to the keli. It's not the table, it's the table. This is not part of the table. So the Gemara says, wait, there's a mahluk where the miskin it was. The Gemara says, Iachi miskinit nameh, hechsher keliu, miskarto lemata haita. The Gemara says, no. Where was the miskinit? The miskinit was like in picture number 30, which is on the bottom. Which means the flat board of the table rested on the mezgeret. And therefore it's vital. It's part of the keli itself. Which means it's part of the structure. You understand? In picture 30 over here, like you see it, it's uh, resting on the mezgeret, the table. And therefore it's takasunikshir keli. This is the keli proper. So the Gemara says, Hani aleman damar mezgeretolemataita. This is only good according to the pen says the miskit was under the flat of the table. But according to the opinion that says the miskit was above, which means like in picture number 31, it went above the flatness of the table. What are you going to say? So the Gemara says, you know what the real reason is why you learn from the Mizgeret? Because bottom line, there's a commonality between the Mizgeret and the Kaporet. Why? Because in both, the Torah does give some measurements. By the Kaporet, the Torah gives measurements of the length and the width. It just doesn't give the height, but it does give measurements. By the Mizgeret, it gives us the full measurements. But the point is, that that's common. So I'd rather learn from an item that has measurements to an item that has some measurements as well. The al seats in the Zed, although we know that the seats was too, it's 
and the Zer was a Mashu, but since the Torah explicitly does not give those measurements, we either know the Malachal Moshe Messinai, or through some tradition, so therefore we're not going to learn from the seats and the Zer Klal at all. That's the ultimate reason. So again, the Maaseh, the source for the Kaporet being a Tefa is what? The Mizgeret. Whether it's Lemata, whether it's Lemata, it's not the issue anymore. We're learning similar items. Bottom line, these items have measurements in both of them. In the Mizgeret there's a measurement, and in the, uh, in the um, Kaporet. Kaporet there's measurements. We're only missing the Shi'ur of the Koma. Uh-huh. So therefore, I can learn from the Mizgeret. I watch that from the seats in the Zer. It doesn't say any measurements in the Torah on this. Therefore, I'm not going to learn an item that has measurements from an item that does not have measurements written at all. So that's the ultimate answer. Comes again when I said, Davuna Amar Me'acha. Davuna, so I got a different answer. What are we looking for again? How do you know the Kaporit was a Tefah? It's mm-hmm. so one basic question so far in today's Gemara. Again, it's a vital question because that's going to affect the size of our walls. Because the whole source of a wall is dead. It's from the Aron of the Kaporit. So Davuna has a different Dirash. And when Akazonga says like this, Alpene Akaporet Kedma. Do you remember when the Kohen Gadot would go into the Kodesh Kodeshim on Kippur? So he would sprinkle the blood of the Par and the Sa'ir. He would sprinkle it towards the Kaporet. Okay? So the way it says he sprinkles it towards the Kaporet, it says, Elpene Akaporet. Hi? Elpene Akaporet Kedma. Towards the east. So the Gemara says, the end padim pachot mitefach. When it says the face of the kaporet, a face, the minimum shiur of a face is a tefah. So therefore, pene kaporet. So we're, uh, that's a good question. Are we referring to shiur? Uh, the width, or we're talking about the uh, length? Well, the chaurav, the kaporet, we're talking about height. Talking about the eyes, the chara on the face, also we're talking about up to down. But the point is, since it's called pene kapore, so the kapore is like a face. That's how you know it's a tefah. So the Gemara says, ve'ema ke'ape debar yuchni. If you remember, we learned in Masechet Yoma, there was a certain type of gigantic bird called the bar yuchni. Right? As she says on the top from Masechet Bechorot, Amrinan, one time it laid an egg right? It destroyed 60 cities And it destroyed 300 cedar trees So obviously it's a gigantic bird Now its face Is huge More than a tefah And therefore all the pasuk says is so you said the Pede Adab. Maybe it's the Pede of a Baruchde. Who told you? So the Gemara goes with the Tafasta rule. Tafasta. Merubah lo Tafasta. Tafasta Mu'at. Tafasta. The same concept. You have a choice to learn the smallest shoot. The chance to learn the biggest shoot. Learn the smallest shoot, you're safe. You're guaranteed. You're not lying. The Gemara says, okay, you want to go with the smallest shoot? The smallest shoot him than the face of a man. The Ema. Maybe we're talking about the face of a bird that has a small uh, face less than a tefah. Tefah to muat. Yakov, Pene Pene Gamar. He has a gezerah shava. 
כתיב האחה אל פני הכפורת וכתיב האטם מאת פני יצחק אביב בא יצחק אביב, מה זה אומר? פני יצחק יצחק אביב זה יובד בי ולכן זה אומר פני בי יובד בי ולכן זה אומר פני הכפורת פני פני, כמו הפנים של יובד בי זה טפח סוטור הכפורת זה Tefah. No we don't have any pasuk by birds that says the face of a bird, pene. If we had one, we would make against that as well. But the only pene we have is by a human face. The Gemara says, hold it. Venilaf mepanim shel ma'ala. Why don't you learn from the face of the angels? Why? Dikhtim. Kirot pene Elohim. Matrseni. When Yaakov Abinu met Esav, he says that Kirot Pene Elohim, it's like looking at the face of a Malach, Pene Elohim. So therefore you see what? By Malachim it says the word Pene. Now we assume that the Malachim, uh, that their faces uh, are, uh, are wider than a, uh, a human face. Which means when you're learning Pene, uh, once already you have a Gizirah Shavah, so now everybody don't care. You have a Gizra Shavah. So who told you to learn the Gizra Shavah from Pene Yitzhak? Learn it from Pene Elohim. Kibra says the same rule again. Tafasta Merubalo Tafasta Tafasta Muat Tafasta. Again, if I have a choice to learn the smallest shiur or the biggest shiur, grab the smallest shiur. So you guys hold it. You want the smallest shiur? Venilaf Mikrub. What was the Kerub? The cherubs. The cherubs, uh, in the Mishkan at least, rested on top of the Aron. What were they? They were gold uh, figurines that had wings, and the face of them was like the face of a child. Now the Gemara says, Dikhtiv, Ela Kaporet Yiyu Penea Kirubim. Ah, so it says by the Kirubim Penea. Now we assume that the Kirubim. In the Hav, I mean at least that their face was smaller than a tefah. So now you got everything. You got your tafasta mu'at. And it says the word pene. So therefore, learn from pene akirubim. Abba Rabbachabar Yaakov, gibidi. We have a tradition. En pene akirubim pechotim tefah. That's it. Even the kirubim, it was a tefah. So now the truth is you have an option. You can learn either Pene you want. You can either go from Pene Yitzhak, or you can do Pene Kirubim. So the Gemara says, Veravuna Nameh Me'acha Kabir. At the end of the day, really he learns from the Kirubim themselves. Because since the Kirubim are on the Kaporet, so you learn a closer uh, connection. Right? The Kaporet has the Kirubim, so therefore learn from Pene Kirubim. So bottom line, if somebody would ask you, what's the second source of how do you know that the Kaporet in its height was a tefah, yezera shava, perea kaporet, perea kirubim. Comes the Gemara now and says, Umay kiruv. Once already we mentioned this concept of the kirubim. What's a kiruv? What is it? What's the word? What does that word mean? Amar Abu, Kheravya. Kheravya is a tinok, like a child. Sheken bebabel korim liyinuka ravya. In Bavir, the way they call a child is Ravya. So therefore, Kiruv is like a child. It has the image of a baby face. So he has a question. According to your understanding of what a Kiruv means, Pene'a Ehad, Pene'a Kiruv, Upne'a Sheni, Pene'a Adam. 
היינו כאילו והיינו אדם. On the Kisei HaKavod, when the Prophet is explaining to us the different sides of the Kisei HaKavod, it says one side is the face of a Kiruv, and another side is the face of a person. What do you mean? You just told me a Kiruv is a person. Kiruv is a Tinok. So what's the difference between Pene Kiruv and Pene Adam? The Gemara answers, Aper Abrebe Ve'aper Zutra. What's a bigger face? What's a smaller face? Pene Adam is bigger. Pene Ravya. It's smaller, and therefore, geez, the minimum size is a tefah, but there's bigger, and there's smaller. So the pere adam has a bigger face, and the pere kiruvim is less. Now the gemara <coughs> goes back. So what do we prove here? You need a sukkah to be at least ten tefahim. Let's analyze outside for a second. Ten tefahim. That's the minimum shiur height. Yeah. Now how do you judge it? So we always assume, you judge from the floor to the schach. Okay? From the floor to the schach, in the halal, in an airspace of ten. Hold it. If your source is the kaporet, so it's really, you're counting the thickness of the kaporet for one tefah. So technically you should be able to count the schach. It should be only nine to the schach. And then Skak put another tef on, you're okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the Gemara's question. Mm-hmm. Who told you that you calculate halal? Airspace without Skak. Maybe you're supposed to count it with Skak. That's the Gemara's question. Look at Rashi. Since you're learning from the Aron the Kaporet, That's the Gemara's uh, question. So the Gemara says like this. After all that, the Gemara says, your source cannot be the Aron and the Kaporet. Because bottom off, if you learn from the Aron and Kaporet, you got to count Shach. And the Gemara's tradition is, you don't count Shach. And therefore, new source, how do you know that the, uh, uh, the Shi'ud is 10, and it's 10 of Halal, and not the Shach included. So the Gemara says, Ela, Mibet, Ela, Mibet Olamim Gamar. We learn from the Beta Mikdash. Oh, what's the Beta Mikdash? Yichtib. It's the first bet of Gash. Shishim Amma Orko. It was sixty Amma long. Ve'asrim Rohbo, twenty wide. Ushloshim Amma Komato. So we want to analyze the height. It was thirty high. But Bait is shown thirty Amma high. Uchtiv Komata Kiruva Ehad Eser Baama Vechena Kruva Sheni. Okay, now in the first Beit HaMikdash, you had Kirubim. Now remember, in the Beit HaMikdash, the Kirubim were not resting on the Aron itself. They rested on the floor next to the Aron. Which means, you have to have a picture of that, you can see it. 32 is really not a good picture, because that's talking about when it's on the Aron. But imagine that they have the Kirubim that stood on, you know, either side of the Aron on the floor. Now, how high did they go up? So it says, It went up 
Ten Amot. How high was the height of the wall? Thirty. So you see, it went up a third of the height. Okay? Now that's the tradition they have. Vitanya ma matsinu bebet olamim. Kiruvim bishlishabaitin omdim. Just like you see in the Bet Amikdash. That the Kiruvim are standing at a third's height of the total koba. The total height was 30. The Kiruvim are standing, you know, hovering at 10. Okay? So just like you found that ratio in the Bet Amikdash. Mishkan nameh. By the Mishkan, when the Kiruvim were on the Aron itself, Kiruvim bishlishabaitin omdim. The Kiruvim also stood at a third of the Mishkan's height. What was the Mishkan's height? Mishkan Kamahavi, Eser Amot, Vichtiv, Eser Amot Orecha Kerish. Now we know there was Kerashim, the boards, that was the wall of the Mishkan. It was made out of these planks. How long were these planks? Ten, that was the height. So the height of the Mishkan is ten Amot. Kamahavi Lehu, or convert Amot into Tefahim. How much tefahim in each amah? Six. So the Gemara says, Shittin, it's going to be 60. Okay? Shittin Pushche, which means 60 tefahim. Now what's the third of 60 going to be? 20. Tilta kamahavi, Islim Pushche, 20 tefahim. Now, let's analyze it ourselves first. So it means the Kirubim are going to have to reach the 20 tefah mark. Right? To be consistent with the Beta Mignash. Now let's analyze. The Aron already we said is 10. So the Aron is 10, and the Kiruvim themselves another 10. So then already you reach the 20. So the Gemara says, Gemara says, Dal Asara, the Aron, the Kaporet. Right? Take away the Aron and the Kaporet, which is 10. Bashilu Asara. Uchtiv. Uh, now, it says that the Kirubim had wings. That the wings were protruded, like you see in your pictures here. And the <laughs> wings of the Kirubim hovered over the Kaporet. Mm-hmm. They hovered over the uh, Kaporet. Now, if you're going to measure from the span, the wing, from underneath the wing to the kaporet, so you'd have ten. Again, because the wing they're telling you was at the uh, twenty point, and therefore it's actually a little higher. It's got to be a little higher than the twenty. And right under it, measuring the wing underneath to the bottom of the kaporet is going to be ten. So that's how you know, and it says what sochichin. So you see that's the same thing with schach. That you count halal. That's how you know, airspace of ten. The Gemara says, Very good. So you see the Torah says sechicha. When it's above ten, that's how you know the walls have to be ten. So let's review the proof. It's a, it's a proof that starts from Bayit Rishon. From Bayit Rishon you just learned the ratio. Ratio of kaporet to the height of the wall is a third. In the Bet HaMikdash, it was at the ten point, because it was ten amah, and the ratio was thirty, the height was thirty. In the Bet HaMikdash, same ratio. Now, how was the height? Sixty tefahim. So, sixty tefahim, so it means it's got to be at the, uh, a third of that, which is at the twenty tefah 
point. How do you have it? We'll say that the Arom was ten itself, plus the Kapot, the Arom plus the Kapot was ten, plus the Kiruim themselves were another ten. So Chikim Bechat Fehem, that means underneath the wing to the Kaporet, that's considered Schach, like a Sukkah, and if it was ten, so that's how you know. So the Gemara hold it. Mimai Degadfinu Elavereshayu Kaime. Who told you that the wings were above the head? Dilma which means like this. You have the head of the Kirubi. Okay? So you tell me that the wings were like this. The wings were above the head, which is like a little above twenty. And therefore you have exactly ten from the bottom of the wing to the kaporet. Who told you the wings were above the head? Maybe the wings were even with the head. And therefore you have to include the thickness of the Wing of the schach to get ten, right? You want to see in your pictures? Perushai, <laughs> what what number is that? Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Okay, look at seventy-two. All right. Right, you're seeing over here in picture number seventy-two. You see it's above, above the head. Okay. So you, have so, you, of ten. so you have a halal of ten, but you're assuming that what if it's flush with the head, so then you're gonna have to actually count the wings themselves. And therefore, you're back to the same question. So for that, the Gemara says, no, 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 no. Why would I think they're flush with the heads? Gemara says, Amar of Ahabar Yaakov The pasuk says clearly. That you uh, are kirubi that the wings were above, the white flush with the head. So the Gemara says the ema dimidle tuva lemahala. So maybe they were higher, maybe they were fifteen tefaimai. Lemahala is unlimited. So the Gemara says miketiv lemahala lemahala. Because they say lemahala lemahala, just lemahala. The minimum lemahala, which means uh, it's just uh, a little over the head, so it's a little above the twenty mark. So when you're measuring right under the wing, it's exactly ten to five from wing shochichim on the kaporet. That's how you know. So Gemara says hold it. You got one last problem. There's different shi'urim for amot. There's what's called the amab benonit. <coughs> amab benonit is six. Six tefah per amma. But then you have the small amma, amma ketana, which is five tefahim. And then you have amma gedola, which is six and change. So, and there's a machloket, by the way. Not in the construction, in the building of the Beit HaMikdash, everybody agrees they used Amma Benunit, which was six tefahim. But in the vessels of the Beit HaMikdash, there's an opinion that they used Amma Ketana. They used five. So once already you're going to start, according to that opinion that they used five, it's going to throw off dull calculation. Why? Let's just talk it out, and then we'll read it inside. Let's go with the opinion that the tefah was five. By the Aron. So Amada Haitsi is five plus half is two and that's seven and a half plus the kaport is another tefah. So now you have eight and a half for the Aron. <coughs> oh. Now if it's eight and a half for the Aron, now you have the uh, the Kirubim. The Kirubim are Sukhikim, right? They're going on top. So now you're gonna reach the twenty twenty point. Right? So measure from <coughs> bottom of the wingspan, bottom of wingspan, 
to the kaporet. So now, since it's only eight and a half, so eight and a half from twenty is eleven and a half. So you have eleven and a half halal from bottom of wing to the kaporet. So now make a new law. That sukkah has got to be 11 and a half. No item. Instead of 10, according to the shita, it's 11 and a half. Which right. means you, you got to go with all the opinions. Right. So the Gemara, I don't know what the names are yet, but the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Hani ha lirbimi'ir da'amar kol amot Which means all this is good according to the bimi'ir that says all the shi'urim are binoniyot. Six tefahim. Six to five is beautiful. Ya'aron is nine, plus one is ten. Right? You got the Kirubim on top of that. Measure from the bottom of the Aron to the bottom of the kaporet. bottom of the wings to the kaporet. It's exactly ten. And these wings are above the head. Perfect. However, the Amar Amashil Binyan Yes, we agree. The binyan itself is six tefahim. So therefore it's sixty tefahim high. That we don't change. Yeah. The construction of the temple itself or the Mishkan was working with Benonim. However, Vishil Kelim Hamisha. But the vessels themselves are Hamisha. My ikalimimar. Well Aron the Kaporet Kamahavu. How much is the Aron Kapore going to be? Avalu Temanya Upalga. You're gonna end up having only eight and a half. Pashilu Hadsare Upalga. You're gonna be left with what? Eleven and a half tefahim. Emma, and therefore say what? Sukkah adav yachad sareu palga. Make a new shoot for sukkah. Got to have eleven and a half uh, airspace. So the Gemara says, El Rabbi Yehuda il cheta gemirila. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, you know I know the shoot of a sukkah of ten. I don't know it from the Mishkan. I know from any of those places. I have a halakha of Hashem Sinai. The Amar of Hayab Abarav. We have the following statement. Shi'urim, Hatsisin, Umehitsin, Halakha of Hashem Sinai. Which means, when it comes to Shi'urim, Kezayit, Kakotevet, Gassa, and all these different measurements of different items, these are halakha of Hashem Sinai. Torah doesn't tell you the Shi'ur. Shi'urim, Halakha of Hashem Sinai. And the Gemara will discuss that on tomorrow's day. Hatzitzin, the laws of Hatzitzah. What's considered an interposition for the Mikveh and not considered Hatzitzah? That's also considered Hatzitzah. And what? Mechitzin. The size of walls, tradition, 10 to 5. You can learn from the Mishkan, you get 11 and a half. Now, that's she over here. Just let's read the Rashi. Dibura Matheel. Kola Amot. He's just giving you the opinions on the different Shi'urim uh, for Amot. How do you judge? See the five, six, well six and change, and then when the six becomes the Amma Benunit, because it's the middle Shi'ur. So that she just says, "Kol Amot shebemishkan ben shel kelim ben shel binyan hayunim dado bebenoniot she amashel bat shishat tefachim v'ikiruya benunit mepene sheyesh bat hamisha ketanahemena." Okay, she got a five tefachim amal less than it. Now they use that five. The Amat Yesod Vesobeb, the Amat Keranot, the Amat Libuashim Zbeah Hapinimi. Now, you look in your Pirushchai, it just tells you where that was used, the five Tefah Amat. It was used number one in the Yesod. Yesod was the base of the Mizbeah. Okay, it had a certain height. 
So the height of the Mizbeah was measured in a five tefah amma. Secondly, you had the um, the Yisod protruded out a certain amount. <coughs> the calculation how you pro- of the protrusion also also in a Rashi from a five amma. Then you had also the um, Gima, which is the Aliyat Govha, which is the height of the uh, Mizbeah was also done in five tefah, uh, and then you have the, uh, that is the soviv, that's the ledge, okay, you see that in Dalit, the ledge that comes out of Mizbayah, also that's considered in five tefah, you have the Kedanot, those are the corners of the Mizbayah, so there were certain items that the Gemara tell you that they measured the Mizbayah with using an amount of five tefahim, that continue. There's an Amma that's bigger than six. It's six plus a half etzba. Now, Shushan Abira is not talking about Persia. There was a certain room in the Beit HaMikdash that they called that room the Shushan Abira room. Because there was an image, there was a picture on the outside of the room of Shushan Abira. Now what did they do in this room called the Shushan Abira room? So it says, There was actually two sticks, measuring sticks, that they had in the Shushan Abira room. One stick was exactly six tefahim, and one was a little more than the Amad Moshe by two, by half an etzba. Okay? Shte amot, bet maklot. Two sticks asin limdod amot. They were measuring sticks for the bet hamidash to know exactly the proper shoes. So certain things they measure with the six, and certain things they measure with the six and a half etzba. Shushan abiram makomu al chomat shahar mizrahi shel harabayit. There was a certain office on the eastern area of the bet hamidash. The shushan abiram mitzuyeded bo. Right, so I had the picture of shushan abiram. Now Gemara Rashi just finishes the question. Hani had Rabbi Meir shishvakul amot. According to me, that everything is six. Ika lemar kedilif dal yud laaron. Like take ten for the Aron, the Kaporet, Pashlu Asara. So you have Asara from the bottom of the Kaporet, Mekatfein Ad Makom Moshavam. However, according to the other opinion, Ma'ikal Lemar, Imi Nayalaf Be'echala Hatsare Upalga. According to the other opinion, you're going to have eleven and a half. The Aron the Kaporet Temanya Upalga, because the Aron the Kaporet was eight and a half. Who the Avi Vechemet Kerubim Bishli Shabbat Omdim. Right? Since we know that the Aron, that the Kerubim stood at Shli Shabbat, obviously. We know that it was sitting at the 20 mark. Right. You ask yourself a question. Who told you that the Kirubi was sitting at the 20 mark? That's a tradition. Because we know it's got to stand at a third of the height. Just like we know it by it. Mishon. So if it's standing at the a third mark, which is 20, and the Aron is only 8 and a half, so you have an airspace of 11 and a half. That's what it says. Rabbi Yehuda. Right? The tradition is from Sinai, which means it's ten, not including Kizayit for all forbidden eatings and Kakotevet for Kippur Hatzitzin Shahatzitza Poselet Bitbila And what the Hatzitza that is Poselet in a Tevila Baruch Adonai Le'olam